I am Elle Penelope, author of Epic Fantasy and Paranormal Romance, and welcome to My Imaginary Friends, a look behind the scenes of an author mapping the worlds in my head and making them a reality. Hello, friends. Today is Sunday, December 19th, 2021, and this is episode 150 of My Imaginary Friends. I'm Leslie. So this is another milestone episode, 150. I am not doing anything super special, but I did want to thank everyone for listening, whether it's your first episode or you've been since the beginning, or you started somewhere in the middle and then went back to the beginning. People do that a lot. So I was also thinking that this would be a good place to to point people if they are new to the podcast and don't want to listen to the all 149 previous episodes, which is perfectly understandable. Sometimes people are like, oh, well, where should I start? So I will do a brief reintroduction to myself for anyone new or recent, and then get into what we usually do here. I'm Leslie. I write as L. Penelope. I will be writing as Leslie Penelope pretty soon. And I primarily write fantasy and paranormal romance. Uh, I started out completely self-published, and then my series, Earth Singer Chronicles, was picked up by St. Martin's Press. It is a fully complete epic fantasy series, ready to binge, four novels, three novellas, and uh, there's a reading order on my website if you are interested in such things. I also have some self-published paranormal romance out, the Angelborn series, uh, which is two books and then some short stories. And yeah, I just love magic and people falling in love and going on adventures and sometimes struggling with themselves and the world that they live in. On this podcast, I mostly talk about what's going on with me that week, my writing projects, the ups and downs that I go through, and sometimes uh, things that are happening in the publishing and writing world and the larger world. The goal is to give you the behind the scenes of my life as a writer, as someone who is self-publishing and doing traditional publishing and juggling um, a day job as well and regular life stuff. So welcome. I hope that you enjoy it. Thank you for being here. However long you've been here, I really, really do appreciate you. And yeah, so this week's best thing is the Am I the Asshole post about the cats. My brother texted me all of these screenshots of these posts and they were out of order. And I was like, what, what is happening here? I don't know what I'm reading. And so I was like, oh, this seems like an am I the asshole post. I went on Twitter because I'm not really on Reddit. And if you're not aware, it originated on Reddit. It is like a message board. People write in. It's sort of like an advice column, but it's crowdsourced. So they write in to see this thing happened. I did this thing. Am I the asshole? I love it. I'm addicted to it. I also love all advice columns. Like I will sit there and just doom scroll advice columns from Carolyn Hacks and Washington Post to Dear Prudence. Um, I will just like read them for, for hours on end. There's something very cathartic about reading about other people's problems. And it makes me feel like mine aren't so bad. <laughs> so this one wasn't was not even a problem. It was just a hilarious situation at this person's workplace. And I will link to it in the show notes. It concerns two cats named Jean and Jorts, or Yorts, I'm not sure what country they're in, and uh, Pam. And these are workplace cats. And you might have seen this. It made the rounds. It's very funny. And if you're a cat lover like I am, I have two cats and two dogs, if you are one of the newbies. None of them, actually, both cats are in the room right now, but they tend to be pretty quiet. The dogs, not so much. In my writing update, so I am working on several projects at the same time. 
I will give you a brief rundown. My paranormal romance, Savage City, is with the proofreader. I expect that back sometime soon and we'll be setting a release date and a pre-order and a cover reveal and all that good stuff sometime very soon. I am going to begin working on the copy edits for The Monsters We Defy, which is the 1925 fantasy heist novel coming out next August from Orbit. That is in my inbox. I decided not to work on it this week. That gives me two more weeks to finish the copy edits, which should be plenty of time, I think, theoretically. I am plotting the second Orbit book. I'm working on that a little bit every day because I really do want to have a synopsis by the end of this month, which will be in mere days. I'm getting closer. Like Working on it for at least an hour every day is really working. I had this kernel of an idea that I'm trying to, you know, build into an actual synopsis that I can send to my editor and then have enough to begin writing. So there's still a lot I need to know, but I've been talking it out with my friends. I've been just devoting a lot of thinking time to it, researching, note-taking, brainstorming, brain mapping. I'm throwing everything at this. Fourth project is this book proposal that I am working on, which is going very slowly. This is a semi-secret 1830s historical fantasy project that I'm working on that my goal is to write the first few chapters, and the synopsis is already written, write the first few chapters, and then we will um, go on submission and try to get the book sold. This is just like a semi-collaborative project that I'm working on. And um, so I have written the fast draft in November. That's the the fast draft of the first part. You know, they've asked me to do the first hundred pages of the book, which is about 28,000, 30,000 words for me. And my process is do the first draft as quickly as possible. My first drafts are always short. So I wrote 11,000 words. And that was a little shorter than usual for something that I'm planning to be 30,000 words but I was getting stuck. So I did that in the beginning of November. I took some time off because I had other things to do and I'm coming back to it. And I was hoping to have more done because usually I'm faster than this. But this particular project is going very slowly. So the first day I went to revise the prologue and I, I wrote 469 words. The second day I wrote, I, I increased the prologue so that the prologue is a total of 2,178 words and they're clean words. And that was basically all I did. And that was like Tuesday. <laughs> I was hoping to get chapter one done Wednesday or Thursday or Friday. And I worked on chapter one, but I did not get it done. There's something blocking me that has been blocking me on this particular project. Um, and part of it has to do with the fact, like the subject matter. So it is historical fantasy. It has to do with real people. Um, who lived in the world. Now, we don't know much about these people, but they were real. There's magic and um, there's just elements in place that have a connection to today and to real people today that I feel like I need to be respectful of. It, it concerns a part of Black history and Black culture and mythology that is often portrayed very poorly. And I'm very cognizant of that. Like, it's very important to me to if not do it accurately, because you can't do it accurately, to do it respectfully. And so there's a lot of things in my head regarding this, and I have to figure out my approach, especially for this magic system. 
and how I'm going to portray it. And A, to be respectful and B, just how, what does it look like in my book, in my world, in this, this, you know, version of this world that I'm creating? What is this thing? So that is one of the reasons, like every time I'll write a few sentences and I'll stop or I'll, I'll take one approach to it and I'll be like, mm, I don't know. And I feel like if I can get past the first chapter, I'll be fine. I'll, I'll have some momentum. And I thought I was getting that momentum because the prologue takes place in a different time period. It's like a hundred years later. You know, there's a framing device for the story. So I got into it, you know, it took me a couple of days to get into it in the prologue and I found it. And I was like, okay, I have to do that again in the first chapter because it's, you know, different characters, a different time period. And the, the bulk of the book is now unfolding. So I need to give myself a little grace um, because, you know, this is the first chapter. And even though I'm technically revising a first draft, for me, that means completely rewriting every word. <laughs> like just about every word gets rewritten. Fast drafts are incredibly helpful for me to get the story out, to meet the characters, to figure out the settings, or at least begin imagining the settings. But nothing in them <laughs> remains. I'm reminded of a class I took with um, author Dolan Perkins Valdez many years ago now. And she quoted an author, and I don't know who she quoted, but this author said, like, from the first draft to the last draft, not a single word remains. And that is exactly how I feel. Like, I'll, I'll, I will pull out phrases and occasional sentences, but, you know, revision of a fast draft is a complete rewrite, which is just how it works for me. So I've, I've, I've laid out the basics in the fast draft. I've laid out, you know, the goal of the scene and the basic characteristics of the character and an idea about where this might be happening. I've already changed all of those things, even in, you know, I've, I've written like 800 words of chapter one and I think they're good words. They're clean, but I'm like, mm, I need to insert more magic. I need to, you know, um, I need to like write a blessing, you know, I need to figure out the words that this character is going to use to say this blessing in order to, you know, invoke this magic and, you know, take this action. And I've just been really stymied by that. Normally I could write, you know, a clean scene in two days. I would expect maybe three at the outset if it's a long, difficult scene, but three days I've been working on chapter one and I do not have anywhere close to a complete chapter. So like I said, I do need to give myself some grace on this and acknowledge that this is a different situation. This is a story that, you know, because it's collaborative, it didn't originate with me, but I am interested and excited by the opportunity to write it and to do it justice. I just have to continue finding my way in. And I, I know the speed will come once I get these questions settled in my mind. So I think I just need to spend some time probably today and maybe bleeding into tomorrow, outlining this magic system and how I'm going to portray it and how it works in this world that I'm creating. And some of that is research and some of that is inspiration from, you know, I've got tons of books and resources that I've been using this whole year that I've been working on the story, planning it and plotting it and, you know, refining the, the basic structure and plot. But um, now we're in the nitty gritty. And so not happening as fast as I want, but it will happen. It's just that the slower it 
gets, it sort of runs into all the other things that I have to do. So yeah, that was project four. Um, the fifth thing that I have to work on is the short story for the fantasy romance anthology, the Pharofeb anthology, which has the fast draft. And I was hoping to get, actually, I, I need to start revising it this week. It's due in January. I need to check and see exactly what part of January. My mind is like late January, by the end of January. That's sort of what I'm basing all of this on. So once I check that out, if it actually is late January, I could push it one week, but I don't want to, I don't like to be last minute. You know, I'm a deadline driven person, but that doesn't mean I wait until like a few days before the deadline to get something done because that stresses me out. If this is a 10,000 word short story, it is a um, Little Red Riding Hood reimagining gender swapped with like shifters and I don't think I'm going to have to rewrite every word of this fast draft. I think this fast draft was a little bit cleaner, although I did make a lot of discoveries and I'm going to have to change large swaths of it. So maybe it will be an every word rewritten type of thing again. But yeah, that's number five. I think that's it. So yeah, that's a lot. And uh, it's really for me about managing my time. I've been managing my creative energy as much as possible and just pushing through and getting it done. This week was Worldcon. The last day is actually today as I record this. It happened in DC. It's uh, Discon 3. I, I did my coffee clutch. It was a lot of fun. Um, I just answered questions from, I guess they were all writers uh, who was there. My agent also came because we were having dinner afterwards. And yeah, that was my first coffee clutch. This just small group conversation, which I like a lot. I like to do like small groups, you know, one-on-ones are great, small groups. I do a lot of like workshop teaching these days, obviously online, but at conferences and things like that, which is fine. I enjoy that too. But I also feel like I'm, you know, I've got whatever I've prepared to go over and I I have to get through that and everyone's at different levels and some people are going to get more out of it than others, which is always the case. But at least in a small group environment, you feel like maybe you can kind of touch each person a little bit and hopefully get something across to them for their particular need that you can't do in a larger setting. So that was a lot of fun. Um, At dinner with my agent and some of my agency siblings, um, my agent, Sarah Megabo, was talking about me being sort of like fast, I guess, among her cadre of writers. I'm among one of the faster writers. And I think I was talking about looking at writing as a business. And I think it's because I started in self-publishing, because I, I know a lot of writers don't have that opinion. But I have an LLC for my writing, you know. I have a bank account for my writing. It is a business as much as it is an art. I can't help but think about it very business-like. I think about my author business and in terms of every decision, whether I'm going to self-publish this thing or, you know, try to get it traditionally published, the projects that I take on. Now, sometimes things work out in the way that they have now where I've taken on too much at the same time. I need to not do that. But in terms of writing and speed and and this situation I'm going through with the 1830s project where I know things take time and I know my personality type. I just, I need time to figure out what's wrong with plotting the second orbit book. 
I knew that I needed time and that that's just part of the process. And so even part of this podcast, like recording what's happening every week is for me to solidify my process so that I know it, so that I have confidence about what I can do in the future. And like, even now, I'm I'm a bit overwhelmed. I'm, I'm, I wouldn't even say overwhelmed. I am overscheduled, <laughs> but I'm actually not completely overwhelmed. I'm actually pretty calm about it because I know I can do it all. And I know that it will get done. It will get done mostly on time-ish. We've had a, a visit from Sterling the cat. I, I do have confidence in my ability to get the story done, to plot the thing I need to plot, to figure out this issue with this 1830 story, to get the words down. Once I get going, I can get 10,000 words a week. And that's three weeks of writing, 30,000 words. It'll be done soon. Maybe not. I was hoping to get it done by the end of the year. But end of January, I'm okay pushing that. There's no hard deadline for this project. I've, I usually meet my deadlines because I figured out a way to apply the principles I use when I run my business to my writing. And for me, being able to corral my creativity into the structures that a business requires is often helpful. It's like, I know I need time to figure out this plot for the second Orbit book. I don't have infinite time. And if I had infinite time, I wouldn't get it done. But I'm trying to get it done by the end of the month. I may I may not make that internal deadline, but it's going to get done in January. It's not going to take me another six months to figure out this plot, especially since technically the book is due in six months. So yeah, it is a business. It is an art. Think of it as both. Because unless you're just going to give your, your book away for free or your stories away for free, then that is not a business. But if you want to make money doing this, then it's a business. And you can learn, I believe you can learn to put your creativity on a schedule. That schedule might slip because it is creativity and it requires a little bit more nuance and grace, you know, than spreadsheets, even though I use a lot of spreadsheets in my creativity. But you know what I mean, like an annual report or any kind of businessy thing. Just saying business buzzwords because I don't know what they are. Okay. Yeah. That's what I'm thinking about. And I'm thinking about this in terms of planning my 2022 schedule, which I will be doing soon. I probably will talk about that next week because I haven't done any planning yet. But yeah, my writing schedule for 2022. Every year I usually do sort of a, a yearly overview about the goals I want to hit, the deadlines I have that I know now both personal, like for myself, published projects and anything I have from traditional, all of this is subject to change. You know, planning a year ahead is never going to be exact, but it gives me an idea of where I need to be every month and hopefully will prevent me from scheduling five projects that hit at the same time at the end of next year. I did want to give a shout out to all the lovely people who have uh, sent me responses to my bonjoro messages. When you sign up to my newsletter at lpenelope.com, I send you a welcome video. And I do often get responses back. And um, I even got occasionally some video responses back. So thank you to everyone for that. I really do appreciate that. And finally, I did watch the Hating Game movie. Um, So the Hating Game by Sally Thorne, the book. It's one of my favorite romance novels. It's one of my top five um, enemies to lovers novels, which is 
one of my favorite tropes. So I was really excited for this movie. I wanted to see it in the theaters. I didn't know that it was only coming out in like 10 theaters across the country. I was like, why can't I find it? It's nowhere in Maryland, nowhere in DC. I would have considered going to like Northern Virginia to see it, maybe, potentially, but it wasn't even there. So I don't know where it was playing. So I ended up renting it on uh, video on demand. And I'm hearing from a lot of people that they did really enjoy it. My friends were texting me like, oh, hating game. I was I was talking to them. I was like so excited about seeing it. They're like, how was it? And I was like, I don't know. It was very faithful to the book. I thought the characters were spot on. I thought the actors really brought the characters to life in a way that matched the energy of the book. The movie as a whole for me did not match the energy of the book, even though it was really faithful. And I'm trying to figure out if it's just my general problem with adaptations. I have a really hard time when I know the story going in, when I'm looking for all the parts that I loved. And even if I'm seeing most of them on the screen, like it just didn't hit me in the way that I was hoping it would. And it's nothing about the movie itself, because I think the movie was well done. I think it's mostly me, maybe. My husband was around while, while I watched part of it. And he was like, this seems like a 90s rom-com. And I'm like, yeah, it's like a classic rom-com. That's the point. He was like, no, no. It seems like it was made in the 90s. It's like not modern. And I don't know, maybe that's it. Like it was very classically done. And I think the book was like a very classically done, you know, romantic comedy. I'm not exactly sure. I feel like it was me because I'm seeing people who were like watching this movie three times in a row while, you know, during the rental window. And maybe I should just rent it again and watch it again because I did not have that urge. Or with the book, like I've said, I read that book. I immediately started over and read it again, like in that same sitting. I am not a reliable person to ask about the movie. I think that it was probably very good, even if it didn't hit me in the way that I wanted it to. And I feel so bad about that. <laughs> I really do. And that is it for me for this week. Um, my goals for this coming week, get more words on this 1830s project, continue working on the plot for Orbit Book 2, copy edits for The Monsters We Defy. This is too many goals as I'm listing them because I do have to start revising that short story for the fantasy romance anthology. It's Christmas week, so maybe I will just take some time off work so I can get all these things done. I hadn't, I'm, I'm self-employed, so I sort of just don't take official days off unless I'm traveling. And even then I have to check my email. I'm, I'm always kind of on call uh, as a website developer. But um, yeah, it's it's occurring to me as I list these things that that's not a possible, th th those are too many goals for my writing week and something has to give. So we will, we will see. Stay tuned and I will let you know next week. So yeah, I hope that you have a wonderful week. Um, Merry Christmas and happy holidays. And I will talk to you next week. For episode show notes and to sign up for the footnotes newsletter and have the show notes in your inbox, go to myimaginaryfriendsshow.com. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and watch the video episodes on YouTube. I would really appreciate a rating or review to help support the show. And My Imaginary Friends is part of the Frolic Podcast Network. For more fantastic podcasts, go to frolic.media slash podcasts. 